Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. Today we're joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm really good, thanks Coach Steve. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Nick, first up, I'd like to say one, go the cats. I know. I right. agree. I right. agree. Now, I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm not that much of a diehard footy fan. Mm. Are, are, uh, I think we're the same, you and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I do enjoy the athleticism in AFL, so don't get me wrong. Um, I enjoy the athleticism in NRL and rugby a little bit more, but that, that, that's each to their own. Um, but it was an exciting time over the weekend. And uh, I think for me, I don't really follow a footy team, but... My first game I ever went to, I would have been maybe six or seven, and I went with my grandpa. I call him Opa because he's from Germany. Um, so I went with my Opa, and we watched Geelong versus Collingwood. Um, and Geelong won when I was a little kid. So I thought, well, yeah, I'm going for Geelong, and they are now the premiers. So we'll go Cats. That's really good. I've got a similar story. My grandparents uh, were actually from Geelong, so they ah. were diehard Cats fans, and my nano had a membership at the Cardinia park and used to go down and see the players and she was you know an oldie that they used to love um and all the players used to just be living around where they lived and stuff so it was kind of in our blood yeah but, yeah but who do you look like coach steve who do you look like i've been told i look like petrarca christian mm-hmm. Petra- christian petrarca is it? that's correct yeah, from melbourne uh yeah one of the directors at amino active who looks after the max and maxine supplement side of things thinks i look like uh, christian petrarca so if you think i look like that uh all right um but i'm not okay, too sure who he is. <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it well that's why maybe i'm not being as active on, on social media because i'm too busy you know running around playing playing footy right yeah, a hundred percent. That's exactly why you've been running yeah. around. But shouldn't your media managers be doing that for you? I know they should. They should be organising that. Come on, I've got to get, got to get onto their backs. All those managers getting getting me in track. Yeah. I'm actually really anxious about uh, teaching my son footy. Mm. Um, I I haven't really held a footy in a while. Like you know, the handball on the thing, kicking the thing. Mm. I, I gotta I gotta be like competent, Coach Steve the dad, right? So I, I gotta I gotta pick up my footy game. Yeah, well, you know what I, I think about footy players also? It's quite interesting because they're very athletic. They're, they're, they're muscular, but they're not excessively muscular because they have to run around. So um, it's just sort of that that awesome balance between everything because they've got to be very cardio fit as well as um, they've got to be strong. And, yeah, um, yeah especially, um, you know, just that full body conditioning. So That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very athletic. Definitely, definitely. Um, but maybe footy isn't the first sport I'll get my boys into. Maybe weightlifting, of course, number one. Maybe bodybuilding, yep. number two, as a sport, right? And then uh, maybe maybe something like real football. Come on, I get them into the, yes, the NFL well, or something. Oh, right? my gosh. Are you me today? Because that's like my dad, yeah, is exactly that. It's all about um, the soccer. So you've got you to do that. Mm. But look, Nick, uh, point number two is comp prep. Nick, mm. when is your comp this weekend well, the first weekend? one is this weekend and then the second one is the weekend after that and then um there's about maybe four weeks in between all of that so then i can sort of take the feedback and do it a little bit with it over that time um yes so my my brain isn't the best like at the best of times it's not necessarily on fire all the time but we'll see what happens in this podcast it's going to be a wild ride 
It will be. It will be. Because, Nick, it is an exciting time in the challenge, like always. It is mm. the final week of the first ever M Challenge, week yes. 12. Gosh, yes. we, we made it. It's towards the end. Mm. Now, it's always an exciting time because we've been working hard for the past 11 weeks. We've got one more week, 12 weeks. So we've still got time, right? Well, one week. But, you know, in terms of time, like, it's not a lot that can happen in a week in terms of, like, significant body transformation but in within a week a lot can happen with our physique um, both for the good and the bad okay mm. so let's talk about the final photos here often we have individuals reaching out to us let be on the forum social medias facebook groups emails those types of things being like what can i do to get the most out of the final week and maybe that is grounded in the kind of bodybuilding world where individuals would go through, um, you know, water cuts or, um, you know, manipulating their salt and their carbohydrate and their training and all these other variables to try to get into peak condition. Okay. First thing I want to say about peak week and peak conditioning is one, it takes a lot of trial and error and practice. Okay. So if you get into week 11 or the final week, week 12, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do a peak week and you've never done one before, you have no idea what I'm talking about just skip this part of the podcast and you know, no, no need to, to think about this idea. Okay. Because you would probably have wanted to practice this in the past um, and, you know, find out what strategy works best for you. So coach Nick, you've done quite a few competitions yourself yeah. and you would have your own kind of system of peak week, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, do definitely. you, do you go through a peak week? Yes, that is currently what I am doing. Um, I do, but it's not, it's not because we don't have to be as lean as say you guys, it's not as excessive, you know, it's not, not that bad, but um, it involves sort of a little bit of depletion and then refilling the muscles. And um, there's nothing much else exciting other than just um, making sure that, that the sodium is measured and then um, managed and um, water intake is kept up. So there's nothing like nothing for me, such as dehydration or anything like that. I, I just, I don't know what goes on with the guys or with other, <clears throat> but um, mine's not that exciting, but there is a protocol and um, it actually, it's kind of cool because it involves a little bit of backing off everything as well. So just to let your body, um, reduce the stress um, and, you know, the inflammation from training and even the, the mental stress. So once you get there, it's kind of cool because you get to get your hair done, your nails done um, and just sit a little bit more, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think there's two ways we can uh, approach peak week or the final week. Number one, we can go through a structured protocol, mm -hmm. maybe like you've experienced in the past. The main principles, I think, in, in a nutshell, is that one, we're trying to increase as much glycogen stores in our muscles, making our muscles look as big as they can. So for that, we need, of course, to increase our carbohydrate intake and increase our water intake, okay, to make our muscles fuller, right? Mm -hmm. Then on the flip side, we want to decrease how much subcutaneous fluid we retain. So subcutaneous, subcutaneous, under the skin, subcutaneous. So we want to decrease as much of that as we can. And then factors that contribute to subcutaneous fluid um, are one, our hydration levels. So it's a little bit of this weird catch-22. We want to mm. hydrate our muscles, but then not hydrate our subcutaneous tissue. Tricky, um, which is often why we go through this kind of depletion uh, phase of carbohydrate. 
um, a, a refeed phase or like a maxing out phase, um, you know, whatever word you want to call it, try to get what's called a super compensation effect where you eat more and it kind of super compensates the glycogen stores by a percent, small percentages, right? These are small differences. Um, and then trying to draw the fluid out of the um, subcutaneous uh, area, which is tricky, skeptical. Does it actually happen? I don't know. Um, other factors that contribute to that subcutaneous water retention, like you suggested, one would be our stress level, right? Mm -hmm. If you're stressed, poor sleep, those types of things, it can lead to that like fluid under the skin. Um, two would be, of course, sodium intake. The more salt you consume, the, the, the uh, more fluid can be retained in that subcutaneous skin, of course. Um, and then there's other factors such as like, uh, you know, some people will try to sweat out those areas. So, you know, some metabolites might um, be under the skin there to so try to sweat it out, right? So these are some uh, primary principles we're trying to do. We're trying to increase our glycogen stores in our muscles and decrease um, the water being held in our subcutaneous skin. Now, that is the primary strategy. What is the best protocol to achieve those things? We don't know the answer. If you spoke to 100 different bodybuilders and competing athletes, they'll give you 100 different answers. We have a very rough kind of idea that you can follow. And I've actually written an article about this and you can find it in the learn section called Peak Week Strategies if you'd like to learn a, bit, a, bit more, a little bit more. But again, is the but. Probably not wise to try it now because you need to be trialing it. And a lot can happen in a week in terms of uh, improving or not improving, decreasing, uh, you know, your physique, right? So if you start to manipulate variables, um, you can't be confident that you're going to rock up in the, the the final weekend where you take your photos and look in the best shape. So two pathways. One, try peak week, risky. The risk-reward ratio might not be in there. Or option two is to just keep doing what you're doing. You know and you can be confident how you look like because it's going to be how you look like right now. So just keep on track with what you're training, with your nutrition. You can be confident rolling into this weekend to take your final photo and be like, yep, I know exactly what I'm going to look like. There's no running the risk of, you know, waking up uh, puffy or flat or dry or any other like weird and wacky word you might see, plus all the extra stress of trying to manipulate all these variables, roll in, get a great result and do that. And that is, a, is a, an option, a strategy that some bodybuilders do is they just, just train and diet all the way up to the competition and go, and they don't actually formally go through a peak week. So they're, they're, they're two options for you. So don't feel pressure that you need to, dehydrate or starve yourself or cut out carbs or sit in a sauna for 12 hours or any other weird and wacky thing you might see online because ultimately it's risky and it can be dangerous yeah 100 percent. and i've done um before i knew how to what my body actually responded to i've done stuff where i've ended up looking worse um just because i've fiddled it's been fiddled with too much so for me like I love routine so much that it's not going to change suddenly just because it's peak week that I'm going to stop loving routine and want to do all this fancy other stuff. Mm -hmm. That's that's not for me. That would stress me out more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And even just like measuring it, right, like mm. going through peak week and trying to manipulate these variables to try to measure it and you're eyeballing yourself in the mirror being like, is it working? I don't know. And you're stressing out that extra stress adds an extra variable that you need to manage right so if you were going to do it yourself you would need to be like very stoic and not stress out about it or you'd have to like hire a coach to try to do it for you and you just got to trust this person to try to like tell you what to eat and whatever it is that you oh man it's a big yeah. uh stress ball that you probably don't need um in the final week and that extra stress could be the reason why you wake up to take your photos and you're uh, a little bit puffy or whatever you want to call it definitely so um yeah you guys are lucky with um 
yours in terms of you can take photos at any time once you've got the completion document. This is the challenges I'm saying, not mm-hmm. you and Frankie sitting there, little your doggy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you challenges are lucky because you can actually, um, yeah, have a few goes at it and try um, just different positions in the house, different times of day. That Even that sort of stuff is enough to get a good picture. You know, yep. you don't need to be getting out the rock salt and grinding it on things <laughs> and that sort of stuff. I think I think you'll find that that you'll get your good photos um, if you just chill out about it and do that thing that I like to tell you to do, which is take a video and take a screenshot from there because that's really good. Then you don't have to stress about three, two, one, yep. snap. Yeah, mm. that's so good. Mm. Nick, the registrations for the next challenge are now open. I know. How exciting. Who's going to be the first person to sign up? I'm uh, excited. Well, probably a, a whole bunch yeah, of people probably. already. It's been, it's been really good. Um, so registrations for the next challenge have opened up already. So the M6, the first ever six-week M challenge uh, registrations now open. The next challenge starts on the 24th of October, 24th of October, and prep week starts the week prior, 17th of October. So you'll have access to your training plan, nutrition plans from October the 17th. And if you sign up today, you can actually get into the app right now um, and you could join in our steps leaderboard. You can ask us questions on the forum. Nick and I will be able to answer any questions that you may have. Um, and you can, of course, indulge in a lot of the learn section where you can learn about training nutrition and really start to build up the environment so that you can really smash the M6, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, um, the return challenger price, return challenges. So if you did the July challenge, this first challenge, and you want to join the next challenge, it's going to be uh, $59. $59 for six-week challenge, uh, so $10 a week, plus you get prep week, so seven weeks, plus a few weeks after, a few weeks before. So it could end up being close to like five bucks a week for um, you know, any questions answered from myself or, or Coach Nick, plus all the other features on the app. So I think it's a really great value for any return challenger. That's crazy, really, to be honest. That's one coffee. One coffee. Insane. Mm. Um, plus, uh, any new challenges, new challenges, you uh, can sign up today as well, um, and you'll get the challenge for $89. $89, amazing price. Um, and, um, yeah, you'll get access to the, the six-week challenge just like any um, new challenge. So $89 over six weeks, what, maybe like 12 bucks a week, um, doesn't break the bank. That's amazing. Yeah, really good. And in time for the Christmas New Year period, which is one of the peak periods where you want to feel and look great. So I like this challenge. I always like the end of year one because there's a real purpose to it, even though everyone has a purpose. But this one here is like for the for the beach to feel good, to have that summer vibe going on. Yeah, so good. So especially something to work towards that, like little little prize at the end. Mm. Talking about prizes, of course, we have prizes for our six week challenge. Uh, we have a male and female winner. Both winners will receive uh, $2,000 cash, $2,000. So if you are a return challenger, 60 bucks, you potentially win $2,000. Look at that ROI. Take that stock market and cryptocurrencies. Our first runner-up, our second place finalist will take home two, uh, 500 bucks and third place finalist, $250. So big money here for the six-week challenge. Plus our top 10 finalists will receive a uh, merchandise pack, 
plus the supplements pack to the value of about 500 bucks, real good. Plus we've got a whole bunch of other prizes to give out as well for M6. So if you uh, wanna join, um, maybe not for the training plan, nutrition plan, do your own thing, no dramas, you can join in for the M Challenge competition. You just need to follow our guidelines and submit a start photo holding the entry document and an end photo holding the completion document for M6. Um, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be exciting, Nick. I'm, I'm of course really excited because I'm speaking really fast. I know, uh, but um, I'm listening and I'm loving it and I feel so excited as well. I love the six-week ones. They've got a different um, vibe to the, I keep saying vibe, <laughs> to the 12-week ones and, um, yeah, we're raring to go. We are raring to go for this one. Now, Nick, we may not have been as active as we have been in the past on social medias, such as like Facebook and Instagram, because we've been working hard, Nick. We've been working hard with our developers to improve mm. the M Challenge app. Okay. Uh, so first thing I want to say is that we uh, have been listening to you, our challenges. We read all the emails that come through our support um, emails, um, all the feedback we get on social medias and on the forum, um, and really listening to what features you want to see on the M Challenge app. Um, so we're excited that, that we have a, a range of features in the pipeline over the next six to 12 months. Um, and the first feature that we have phase one of is um, the ability to add food to the M Challenge food database. Okay, mm -hmm. most most requested feature, which is to add your own food to the M Challenge database. And we've got phase one where Coach Nick and I have the powers to add food to the database very freely, very quickly, which is really nice backend type support thing that got given to us. So if you would like uh, any food added to the M Challenge food database, you can email us at support at mchallenge.com.au and we can quickly add that to the M Challenge database. And we're close to, uh, I think it's about 500 food items at the moment, Nick, yeah. um, on the on the database and that's growing every week. So Nick and I go through the um, Coles and Woolworths and Aldi, um, catalogs and see what's on special Add, adding those products into the um, the M challenge database so you can enjoy any food that you want and it's going to be portioned out via our algorithm so you input what your goal is your metrics and the uh, M challenge app will customize a plan for you that is based around the foods that you like to eat so it's all that portion control it's all about calories um, and you can enjoy whatever foods you like to enjoy and get into great shape which is just just a win Nick it's an absolute win Absolutely. And yeah, you can just, you can just send us your requests and we'll pop them in there. And um, cause yeah, I mean, I've, I've put everything in that I eat, so yeah. I'm out of ideas. So you're set Nick. If, you're yeah, set. I'm good. <laughs> if I got my kids to do it, it would be a different menu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, just feel free. Yeah. To so this is just the this is just the first phase, you know. As we uh, get ready for the next phase, which will come into twenty twenty three, we'll have a feature where you can click a button and add your own food to the uh, M Challenge app. That will then be verified by Coach Nick or myself, just to make sure that those numbers are correct. How you input them on a on a label or wherever you are, um, and then they'll be featured on the M Challenge app. So there'll be this really cool feature that's coming soon. But of course, lots of uh, behind the scenes stuff to get those features out to you. So that's the first uh, little feature that we want to announce. Mm -hmm. the second one nick is around training okay now yeah. the most requested one and two um features for training are number one is training videos yeah uh, people want to see us uh describing and how to do each exercise so um for m6 we will have um training videos for almost every exercise um, on the M Challenge app. So there might be one or two exercises we haven't recorded yet. Um, so if you uh, find one that isn't recorded yet, please let us know, or maybe we just haven't uploaded it yet, but we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> um, but you will find a video of how to do every exercise on the M Challenge app, which will be really cool. Really excited to announce that one there. And you'll be able to view that before you start your workout and while you're doing the workout. 
Yeah. Okay. Before you do it and afterwards. Now, Nick, when we were recording these videos, we had this discussion and I want to put it out there to the, the challenger world. Um, I didn't know if we wanted to do like short videos, like, you know, 30 seconds, bang, bang, you know, here's how you do a bicep curl. Um, longer videos, like five minutes of like, hey, you know, this is how you do a bicep curl. This is how you hold the dumbbell. This is maybe the, the rotation element of it, blah, 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 or somewhere in between, you know, like one or two minutes, like explaining the key points. Um, so we ended up going with this kind of like shorter spectrum where people are in the gym training. Uh, you know, you don't want to be watching a five minute video or 10 minute video of, of me explaining like how to do a, a chin up, right? You just want to do, see how it moves and you do the chin up. Mm. So this is going out to the uh, challenge world. If you prefer one or the other, if you prefer short videos versus long videos or medium videos, uh, let us know, right? Because uh, we want to make content that uh, you are interested in. So if you want uh, to see longer videos on how to do exercise or prefer shorter, faster videos, let us know. And um, we'll definitely work on improving those videos on the M Challenge database. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Next and final feature, uh, Nick, training most requested feature is to view training history. So individuals want to review training history, which is fair enough. And you can view training history within the M Challenge app at the moment, but you can only do it prior to your workouts. So once you start the workout, um, you can't view your previous workouts um, or history with certain exercises. Um, so now we have that all featured within the workout. So while you're, you're training, if you are three exercises in and you're about to do a bicep curl and you're like, oh, what did I do last time? You'll be able to click on that bicep curl and you'll see a history of every time you've done a bicep curl, which really cool because some workouts you might do a bicep curl for rep ranges of like five to ten and others might be rep ranges of 20 to 30 so you can review all the times you've done a bicep curl um, and then make a good decision about what weight you'd like to use or what reps you'd like to use in that phase of your challenge so a really cool feature to have added to the m challenge app and that will be coming um, with m6 so the next challenge um, will be featuring that there which is really cool yeah definitely definitely um it all sounds um so exciting but also like it's it's small stuff but it's actually the stuff that's really going to make that difference just those little tweaks and it's going to just take it to the next level mm. now along with that of course we have um, updated uh nutrition plans updated meal plans so the meals will look slightly different to the july challenge and updated training plans as well so some small tweaks in the training plans as well so it's not just cut copy and paste um it's not that if you've done this challenge you sign up to the next challenge and you basically got the same challenge no no, no. we we're the m challenge um we are a living growing thing and we're constantly improving and updating and bringing you new content so come join us for the new um october m6 m challenge kicking off on the 24th of october so exciting Ooh. and i just have to add one thing which is um it's just going to be the best thing ever it is it is it will be and consistently be yeah the end <laughs> the end nick nick yes. let's move on to our next segment here We've basically turned this podcast into a big uh, pitch for the M6, but let's go into some sweet content. First, mm -hmm. I want to go through the community highlights where we'd like to highlight some members of the community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight this week? All right. So I've got Amy Marie and um, she says for her throwback Thursday, she says April 27th to September the 20th, four months and three weeks between photos, week 11 of the challenge. It's definitely been my hardest challenge to date. It hasn't been perfect with a baby and a toddler, up two feeds a night, postpartum surgery, prolapse, cortisone injections, 
for you, you'll probably, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but de, de quervain tendinitis. De quervins, de quervins. Yeah, yeah, it's of the thumb. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, right. it's a tendinitis of the thumb or tendinopathy oh, of the thumb. There yeah. you go, de quervin. Mm. Um, but I'm still here and never gave up, gave up. Finally cracked the 70 kilos and I'm back in the 60s. 16.9 kilos down, let's call it 17 between cool. photos. And um, a 3.9 kilo baby born who now weighs a huge 8.6 kilos. So there's a few kilos going on there. Good arm workout carrying around just over one week to go. Go, Amy. Wow. That's insane. That's, in, that's incredible. Gosh. Mm. Uh, especially having a, a toddler and a newborn. Oof. Yeah, that's going to be you. Yeah, you, you're not far off that, Coach that, Steve. So that's going to be me, yeah. Amy Marie is actually your hashtag goals because yeah. she knows how to do this, um, yeah. the two-kid thing. Um, I mean – Mine are still around, so I do. I know too, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes are you still carrying them in your in your arms, Nick? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, you know what? I might be going to that stage soon because they'll be going out. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> That's the only reason I wanted the lockdown to continue well, like, through their their teenage years. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. next. All right, so we've got Ben Jammon. So he says, um. My first throwback Thursday, celebrating the journey from my first ever Max's Challenge, age 31, to my first ever M Challenge at a youthful 40. So that's an old schooler. Ben's old school. Good things happen when you give yourself the time and the chance to change for the better. It's tough at times, but it's worth it. And hopefully all of you are experiencing that as we hit the final days where you are being rewarded visually for everything you put in physically and mentally. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool, Ben. Uh, one of our M Challenge ambassadors. So he's definitely... Um, walking the walk he talks the talk so he's uh got nine years almost 10 years of challenge uh history and experience for him and uh yeah it looks absolutely amazing so keep going ben this is great he has awesome um meal ideas if you're ever stuck he's very good with his meal ideas he's far more creative than either you like myself or (laughs) yourself coach steve yeah 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 definitely I would say I'm not nothing wrong with us but we're just not super creative (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to meals Okay, because I know every Monday night you have spaghetti bolognese. I just know yeah. that. And yeah. I, I bring salmon to the office every time. So anyway, the next one we've got is Sal, Sal Lawrence. So Sal actually competed on the weekend, I believe, and did quite well, um, as in I think probably the best that you can do, which is winning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so quite well is probably an understatement. But, like, I would just have to say congratulations to Sal for um, going through the process. We know how hard that is. And, um you know, working full-time as a, as a PT as well and doing everything. So good on yourself. And Sal is also um, very inspiring to other people. So Sal has this to say, morning fit fam. Remember how far you have come and where you are today. Little steps in the right direction each day make big changes. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to, um, oh, hang on, <laughs> to compete in a bodybuilding competition. I made the choice to rebuild my body after an accident that left me unable to walk unassisted for 18 months. That's amazing. Then finding out it was the wrong diagnosis, which meant I had to have surgery, another setback. And after that rehab, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, another setback. 
they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, I say regardless of your situation, make the choice every day to overcome the obstacles that are put in front of you and be grateful for the opportunity to have a new day and live your best life. Much love and God bless. Throwback Thursday. So that's pretty crazy. And then, you know, we actually have um, the update on that, which is that he he won. So that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, and I actually spoke to Sel uh, a couple of years ago um, in the uh, challenge podcast when Sel won the challenge and this was gosh, 2020 maybe. Um, so if you'd like to listen to Sel's story where we divulge a lot more into that, um, you can check that out here on the uh, challenge podcast. You might need to search uh, to Sel's name um, or just uh, swipe down and maybe have to scroll for a little bit to find that, that podcast again. Yeah, I think he won the, the first one I was involved in. So um, that might've even been last year because I remember he was, mm-hmm. yeah, but anyway, so good. Well done, Sel. And so good. The journey, I just love that. Yeah, an amazing journey. Mm. Nick, I'd like to highlight a, a couple of challenges this week too. First one here goes out to Adam Tobin. Adam Tobin and Adam writes, my daughter, in quotation marks, says, wow, dad, you have a six pack. Motivation right there. Oh, gosh, love that. Uh, he also writes, last week, guys, what a fabulous job we have done. Change is a funny thing. Uh, it is hard and requires an open mind and persistence. I read a lot of negativity towards this challenge with a new app, a change. I'm old school and I did uh, love the other format, but this has been great. Well done to the coaches and the developers. I love the app now and reckon it will continue to grow. Great work, everyone, and pumped to see the new you. And firstly, thanks, Adam. Thanks for enjoying the M Challenge app. Um, we did get a range of feedback, both good and constructive, I would say, um, about the M Challenge app, which is fine. Uh, change is uh, challenging for everybody, uh, for us, and, and challenges and such. Um, but you know, it's all about working every day to improve that change and that transition into the new, like we have with the M Challenge app, um, and like we have in our own fitness journeys. And Adam is uh, representing that, where his daughter goes, uh, "Dad, you have a six-pack. How amazing! Best motivation out there." So, big congratulations to Adam. Yeah, so good, Adam. And I really love the way that you put it. And um, I just also think it's funny because the app is is a catalyst. You know, it's something that helps us with our change, but it's not going to change for us. So it's just our way of delivering information for you um, and you can take from it what you will. Mm. Yeah, well said, well said. Nick, next one here, I want to highlight Emma Ferrari. Emma Ferrari and Emma writes. What a Emma, cool name, I by know, the way. Just, just oh, amazing. I just hope that she's in a Ferrari right now. I know, right? <laughs> Emma, Emma writes, nine months of training, two challenges, almost still got one week to go, and 10 kilos less later, and I've made my 40th milestone. She posted a photo of herself at her 40th birthday, uh, and she writes, I think, I feel fit and fabulous. Still got a few more challenges to get to my goal, but I'm very happy with the results and my efforts. One friend commented on how awesome my legs were, of which I replied that I'd been working very hard on them. Amazing, Emma, I love that. Um, happy 40th to you and you know, nine months of training. Gosh, and you're getting results already 10 kilos lighter. Um, what can you do over the next nine months? Um, and we hope that fitness becomes a priority for you over the next nine years and for the rest of your life. So go, Emma. Woo. Yeah, and I love that, the fact that she also um, replied, yes, I've been working very hard because sometimes we tend to downplay what we do and people say, oh, you look awesome, and you just go, oh, yeah, thanks. But actually just to acknowledge that and say, yeah, I've been working hard, that's what more people should do because then people would realise that it doesn't just come without effort. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Last one here goes to Christy Carey. Christy Carey. And Christy writes, I started my first challenge a few years ago. Due to unforeseen circumstances, I was unable to finish it. This year, with my amazing husband's support, he's also doing it. I signed up to the challenge again. Even though the challenge finishes in a few weeks, for me, the journey, journey has only just begun. The more changes I see, the more determined I am. And I mm. love this one because it really encapsulates what we are trying to teach as coaches in the M Challenge, where you know the challenge itself is, yes, a competition. Yes, it's a short stint it's 12 weeks it's six weeks it's 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 a very small glimpse of the fitness journey and chris is really highlighting here where um you know this 12 weeks might be the catalyst the beginning of it all where you know you make fitness a part of your life and you know maybe the challenge is a vessel for that fitness journey or maybe you take what you've learned from the challenge and you go on from there so congratulations to christy yeah, absolutely fantastic. That's exactly what we want to see. And I love also where she says she's got her support of her husband because um, it helps when people are on board. You know, it does make a really big difference. And you know what I'll just say about support? It doesn't have to actually actively be like cheering you on, but sometimes support can even just be not commenting negatively. So don't always think that you need a cheer squad, but it's good when people just leave you be in peace. That's support. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like talking about support, I find at the moment I don't need like a cheer squad. Um, I just need like environmental support, mm. right? Like I just need some help with like, you know, asking my partner to, to look after my boy while I go train or mm. um, to, to look after the house while I'm out doing things or whatever. So it's like using environmental support. So I don't need someone being my cheerleader going, well, go Steve, um, or, or someone being, you know, anti-negative to me like not being negative to me i just need someone who uh yeah can support uh this lifestyle and i have that in my partner so thank you to to her go laura go uh, laura maybe that's uh what you need so maybe you don't need a, a cheer squad or anything like that maybe you just need some environmental support to to be your su support team like uh coach need probably need co coach nick probably needs when she's doing her iron mans and uh nick you've got an iron man coming up don't you or Correct. Yeah. That's the, the Melbourne Ironman is coming. So strange that that's a good segue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I entered that ages ago, accidentally. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> and gosh. Then, it, then, then all the lockdowns happened and then it went away. Um, and now it's coming back and I reckon it's going to be really cool because it hasn't nothing. Melbourne hasn't seen anything like that since the 2015 one. Um, yeah, wow. So yeah, it's going to be really cool. I'm going to dust off the bike and, and um and have a crack at that so people can come down and cheer for that one yeah yeah no, no well when we get closer to that we'll talk more about it and we'll get some uh challenges out there for you we good let's do it nick mm. let's move on to our next segment here we have the coach's corner where we offer our tip for the week so mm. nick take us away what advice do you have for us so so mine's a bit of a fun one today um there was a request on um, the Facebook group just to chat a bit about podcasts. And um, I've also included YouTube as a thing because I, I actually am a little bit addicted to YouTube at the moment. So um, there are, you know, quite a few different channels that you can watch for different purposes. So I've kind of split it up into entertainment and then um, I guess sort of motivation or inspiration um, 
is another one. Then there's information. So there's there's different ones that I like to listen to. So I'm just going to run through them just in case. And also somebody also said, um, does anybody know of like a 40-plus woman who has teenage kids that might be able to chat about like fitness and inspo? And I'm like, oh, that's kind of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, because I, I, I was actually just going to say, I don't think I mentioned, I don't mention like hardships and family stuff too much, you know, in terms of uh, organizing myself with teenagers and stuff. But if anyone ever would like me to elaborate, I'm happy to do like a little bit of a segment on that sort of stuff if people are interested. So let me know, because I do know that sort of stuff. But yeah, so I'll just run through what I love to listen to. So different podcasts that I listen to, are um one is my favorite one is um one called the diary of a ceo because um this guy will interview people that um are quite inspiring um they might not necessarily be leaders in a company but it might just be people who have been successful but he won't interview them necessarily just about their success he'll interview them about um their insecurities, ways that they've overcome different setbacks and stuff like that. So that's really, really cool. Another one is called the Mindset Mentor. So, um, you know, it's got topics such as um, how long does it take to become successful, just things like that that can kind of um, give you little tips and tricks about success. And I, I think there's a little bit of a, a theme here for me. Um, I also love listening to um, fitness podcasts like you wouldn't believe. I love listening to anything to do with natural bodybuilding. Um, there's a new one out called the Prep Coach Podcast, which I really like. Um, and there's also one that isn't necessarily um, natural, but this one's um, the Bikini and the Brain, which is kind of cool because they talk a little bit about um different exercise protocols and things that you know how we I bang on about cardio and and not using it all at once and they talk a little bit about that as well there's another one called the school of greatness I've got so many podcasts coach Steve because I drive a lot school of greatness that's a really good one um and one of the recent ones that I um listened to from that one was called why the law of attraction isn't working for you so that's a very interesting thing because we're always told to manifest stuff so I'm um, just thinking outside the box a little bit um and then I like 3d muscle journey 3dmj I think you probably like that one too don't you yeah yeah I do yeah. like Eric Holmes and the team yeah yep yeah, love um so that's really interesting just uh, for some perspective from people that are much more intelligent than me. And I, I love to hear what's going on there. Um, and then we've got, we have got, uh, yes, yeah, strength culture, which I really like as well. So hopefully you, you can find any of these on um, Spotify. I also like to listen to um, Hattie Boydell's podcast, but she's only done a few, but she's quite good because um, she has a very holistic view of fitness. Um, she really believes that it starts in the mind, which I also, as I get older, kind of can can see that as well, especially because you get a little bit more tired as you get older. So you've got to figure out ways other than just being motivated by your own body to get out of bed. <laughs> and um, yeah, so with, with, um, with podcasts, I like to listen to things that uh, I think the theme is probably mostly with the podcast educational slash motivational ones. So often when I'm going to the gym, I'll even listen to 
a crazy little bit of David Goggins or something, you know, just going, right, well, nobody achieved anything without doing something, you know, big or that sort of stuff. That, that still even can kind of jolt me into just getting on with it. I don't need much, but just a little thing like that is really good. Um, because of you, I've sort of looked into Renaissance periodization a little bit on YouTube. I like to watch that. Um, I, I like to, that's because of you, Coach Steve. Um, <laughs> Because um, girl Mikey's retell. Yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah. Mikey's retell is really cool. So I really, really like him. And um, then just silly ones that I like, um, and everyone's just going to laugh at me. It's only because I'm really hungry at the moment. But I love watching either two things on YouTube. Um, one is calorie challenges. And that's just terrible. <laughs> but you know what? Like if you're hungry and you watch somebody eat like calories, like like a, a silly 10,000 calorie challenge or whatever, it's actually a really good way to, to not be hungry anymore and feel like you've eaten something. So that's like, that's really cool. And then um, I also like watching um, just various things about uh, fashion and stuff like that as well. So um, YouTube is is look, I think personally, I think YouTube's amazing. I think that um, there is so much fitness content on there as well that it can actually almost be overwhelming. But if you have a look um, at the the key players like Jeff Nippard and his um, his wife, well, she's Dr. Stephanie Buttermore. She's somebody who's um, a person, you know, a really awesome person in herself, but they make so much content that you can have a look at, especially around, um, say, Stephanie Buttermore is, is about women and eating and all the questions that you've ever wondered about um, all sorts of different foods, but also because she's a scientist, we can really understand that she's actually researched this stuff and it's not just, um, you know, anecdotal stuff. It's actually stuff that's 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 got a bit of solid grounding because sometimes you can go down a bit of a rabbit hole where um, people are just speaking crap. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a few different things that I love to listen to. Um, yeah. How about you? Um, well, in terms of podcasts, yeah, I, I find I don't get a lot of time right now to listen to podcasts. I do enjoy things like the Stronger by Science podcast, um, like 3DMJ. Like I like the um, Iron... Iron Cult podcast, the Eric Helms and um, Omar Ozluf. Uh, they're they're a good laugh. And also the the RP podcast always always really good. Uh, I think I just like the mi mixture of like charisma, um, like dry humor, maybe some dark humor thrown in there, um, plus a little bit of uh, like evidence based. Uh, content where you know these individuals are the actual researchers talking about the research they completed um, you can go re read their papers if you, if you wanted to and stuff so which is really really cool for me so i, I like i like podcasts like that um, in terms of youtube of course i do like the rp uh, renaissance periodization um uh, channel on, on youtube of course uh jeff nippard's always really great um but i find i, I think on youtube i do watch a a, a bit of a bit of youtube um it's more just like leisurely time you know i i enjoy watching um i'm a bit of a, a marvel stan right I, I do enjoy a lot of the marvel content so i'll watch those videos about like you know all the easter eggs in the latest marvel movie and stuff like that i'm that type of guy oh, right? you're, you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. my daughter my daughter lucia is obsessed with marvel and does yeah. all that sort of stuff so um yeah she she'll spend a lot of time um, yeah so like if i'm uh, not watching like fitness stuff um or anything like that i'll be like looking at those types of things or like theories and fan theories and that type of stuff yeah some bit of a bit of a dog for that type of thing but yeah i think there is you're right there's a lot of uh content out there 
a lot of content um, where you can fall down lots of rabbit holes and it, it, you you can be, um, you know, find a, a, a false prophet sometimes in fitness where you follow an individual and you follow them for long enough and you they, they, they lead you astray. So all I was saying is just be a word of warning that you don't go into guru worshipping where you follow one person, let it be myself or Coach Nick or someone else or anyone else that you enjoy. Uh, be careful you don't follow just one person because one individual, we, we don't have all the answers, all the ideas, but you know, when you get a breadth of uh, individuals that you follow, you, know, you can start to um, develop some crit critical thinking, especially if one person you know, views it this way, another person views it this way, and you even listen to them have a debate with each other. Um, it's really interesting to challenge your own beliefs around fitness and training and success and mindset and all the other good pieces out there. So just a word of a warning uh, yeah. if you are holding people's words to gospel. Yeah, definitely. Grain of salt. And, um, you know, anybody, remember, anybody can put anything on YouTube. So um, that's, it's not really necessarily verified or anything. So there's that. But um, that's the same as the internet. You could Google, if you felt like having a glass of red wine, you could Google, is red wine good for me? And it would come <laughs> up. It's great for you. But like, if you Googled, if you were like, oh, I, I want to quit red wine, you could Google, is red wine bad for me? And there'd be just as many things. So you can you can totally find the answer that you want, no matter what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's where it comes to a little bit of like that that research critical uh, thinking area, um, which we, we've both had a bit of training in with our master's degrees, um, where you can start to uh, do a little bit of mini meta analysis, being like, okay, this says this, this says this, this is weighted more, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then come up with an outcome there. Um, but mm. you're right. Yeah, there's often misleading information. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, if you're just starting out in fitness as well, um, it's 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 so exciting to to see all the different things that are out there. Oh, and I just want to say one more thing that I like to watch because I was just looking at my YouTube watch later. It's such a random thing, but it's my favorite thing. I like watching things like... I try running a hundred mile ultra marathon with no training. <laughs> so I love those videos because I'll pop them on while I'm doing my cardio and I'll think, well, if they can do that, I can do whatever <laughs> do I'm this. doing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's someone struggling in the middle of the night and they can't move. And it's like, why, why are you doing that to yourself? You know, you could just train. But <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So have a look everybody and let me know what you think. Mm. Yeah. No, so good. Nick. I would like to talk about pacing, Ooh, pacing. Mm -hmm. So uh, no, we're not talking about like uh, Dory just keeps swimming, you know, running pace, that, that type of idea. No, no, no. We're talking about being a, a lion, being a lion and pacing back and forth. Like you're uh, pacing, pacing your, 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 your prey or you're pacing, you know, guarding your, your den, right? We're talking about pacing. Okay. Now uh, this kind of idea, I, I first saw it at, with my boy with my boy okay uh he we, we set up his little nursery bedroom and it's a little bit of a lion, uh, a little bit of a um a jungle theme so we've got you know lions and giraffes and elephants and all that stuff in his in his little room and i was looking at the lion and i was thinking about pacing right and i was thinking about hey how it's what what i do in the gym right it's what i do in the gym i i pace okay and i know nick you do the same thing in in your gym because you mentioned that as well right where Sometimes when I'm training or trying to train, I get distracted. 
Okay, I get distracted. And when I'm distracted, I lose uh, my enthusiasm, I lose my focus and distractions could be on purpose or not on purpose. So sometimes, um, you know, I would uh, do a set, I sit down, um, you know, I punch in what numbers I just lifted and then, you know, I open up uh, Instagram or Reddit or maybe I, you know, open up, um, you know, work related things or open up the forum and I'm reading the forum and I answer questions. Blah, blah, blah. So I get distracted, right? I'm, I'm somewhere else. Maybe I'm a bit tired because, uh, you know, my boy's teething or something like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, sit down, I look at the wall and I'm just distracted, right? Or when I'm training by myself, you know, I'm just not really that that super motivated sometimes. So distraction can set in. And when that distraction sets in, uh, you can, yeah, lose focus, motivation, and, you know, time can drift away from you, okay? So a way to combat that, where to combat this lack of focus, lack of motivation, lack of enthusiasm that can sometimes creep into training is to avoid sitting down while you're training. Okay, avoid sitting down while you're training. So uh, if you are at home and you've got a really comfy chair, you maybe you've got a uh, your your you've got a, a home gym set up and you've got your your garage gym and you've got a really comfy chair, maybe turn that chair around so it faces the wall. So you're not you're not tempted to sit down on that chair, right? Because when you when you sit down, that is at a higher risk of you know distraction or loss of focus or less lock of loss of motivation. And you might find that you're sitting down for longer and longer periods of time between sets. Right? When you talk a lot about rest, rest is important in between sets. But if you're sitting down for 10 minutes and you're like, oh, geez, I've got to get up and do another set. Okay, you're not super focused in what you're doing right now. So a way to combat that is to pace, is to be a, to, to pretend you're a lion, is to pace. Once you've done the set, you know, you can walk back and forth, like, you know, yeah, get, get high, be like you're in a beast, right? And build yourself up and you could pace. You could pace the barbell, you could pace the dumbbell, you can pace the weights machine uh, in the gym. Um, I do it without thinking, you know, I might do you doing a set of machine chest press once I'm done with that machine, um, you know, I punch my numbers into my phone, I, I toss my phone back into my gym bag and maybe hands on the hips and I'm kind of pacing the machine like, all right, I'm ready for another set, I'm getting ready, I'm staying focused while I'm training, okay? So talking about this focus, why should you be pacing? Why should you not be sitting down? Well, you know, think about pacing, we are kind of maintaining that blood flow, right? So we're not not um, 100% resting, but we're maybe 90% resting, right? You know, we're just maybe taking a few steps back and forth, but we're keeping that blood flow going. We're avoiding that lactic acid type of buildup or like that fatigue that can kind of come on when we're stagnant. Sorry, we're keeping everything going. We're keeping hype, right? We're keeping warm, which is important because we're kind of like, you know, walking back and forth physically keeping warm. Cause like sometimes I'm training in my garage, it's cold, you know, I've got hoodies and tracksuits on, right? And if I sit down for too long, like, gosh, my toes are cold. <laughs> so I need to kind of pace a little bit, right? We're improving our preparedness for training, our readiness for training, and ultimately just keeping ourselves motivated. I find that when I'm pacing, you know, I'm, um, I, I look like I'm still training. It looks like I'm doing something with intent versus when I'm sitting down, I can imagine that I look like I'm just kicking it, you know, I'm just got that vibe, Nick, I'm just kicking it back. So um, I find when I do sit down on machines or benches in the gym, um, that's often when, uh, you know, I might start talking to other people, or people start talking to me and things like that, right? So if you are kind of in the zone, you're pacing, you know, you look like you're busy, less people are likely to interrupt you and you're less likely to interrupt other people, which can just help you to, to stay focused. So just a very quick tip from me is that if you're finding that you are uh, losing focus in the gym. Maybe you've got the motivation to get to the gym, but when you're actually doing the thing, you know, you're, you're not enthusiastic about it. You know, you're, you're off in fairyland. Um, you're listening to that monkey brain or, you know, you're in, in dreamland world. 
try pacing, spend less time sitting down while you're training and, you know, uh, get, get your steps up, which is a nice one. Um, but uh, the word of caution is don't consider pacing as you're doing exercise. You know, it's like your cardio in between the sets. It's just like a, all right, I'm staying in the zone. I'm staying in the zone. So it's a little bit of this kind of active rest, if you want to give it a, a name, but think about yourself as a lion, be a lion, be a beast and pace while you're in the gym. Mm, I love it. I, 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 when I finish my sets, I, I sort of sometimes feel like I have to escape and just like, like run away from from the terrible thing that's made me feel so so much pain yeah and um yeah so i i naturally don't sit down i think it's probably also because sometimes i think i'll never get back up if i <laughs> i'm sounding yeah. old but yeah, yeah it's the truth mm. good one. No, so good uh nick let's move into our final segment here we've got our q a segment question answer nick first one comes from tammy and tammy writes I've got a question to ask, has anyone on here, and she was posting in our Facebook social hub, um, not taken any supplements? Um, and how did you go throughout the challenge? Did you get any results is what she writes. Um, I didn't take any this morning as I needed to settle my stomach and I had some orange juice before my workout uh, instead today and drank water throughout. So she's implying maybe she didn't take any pre-workout or anything like that. She had orange juice instead. Um, she goes, what are some of your go-to no supplements for your workout and during your workout. So Nick, Tammy, I think she's trying to ask, um, you know, she's she's not taking supplements because it's affecting her, her stomach. Um, what advice would you give to her to have um, before your workout or during your workout instead? Yeah, so firstly, um, you can certainly, even though we are a supplement company, because uh, the reason that, that a lot of people use them is because we've got quite a few sophisticated and advanced trainees in our challenge. So they're at the point where they do need to go to the pointy end to get those supplements, the things that will up supplement your diet, supplement what you're already doing um, and use them just to get that little bit of an extra edge. But that is also assuming that you've got all the adherence correct and all the other things in that hierarchy of nutrition which will come first before you think about supplements. So, um, you know, it, it's okay to not take supplements. Um, and also it's important to get other things in place before you take your supplements. But caffeine, I mean, I, look, obviously that's not necessarily great for um, if you've got a sore tummy, but caffeine's nature's, um, you know, nectar, nature's nectar. So, um don't forget that there's that. Um, but really, I think it's just important to have a fast acting carbohydrate. So um, for me, I mean, another nature's nectar, which is fantastic because of also the potassium is, is a banana. Um, you know, I just go go back to simple. I actually think um, orange juice is, is not a bad one. You know, that's a, that's a quick, um, tasty, easily accessible to the body carbohydrate. Nice one. Um I, I also personally, um, I love a sugar-free Gatorade as well. I mean, I don't know if that, would that be under a supplement, I suppose, because it has got electrolytes in it and things. But yeah, you just want to make sure primarily that you are hydrated and that you are fed. So um, those two things are going to enhance your performance. Now, hydration can just be simple water. You can flavor your water. Um, you can have that that um, Gatorade. It can be sugar-free or not sugar-free because if you want to have your carbohydrates from your Gatorade, you might want to have 
a, a sugary Gatorade before you start training, up to you. But there are plenty of different things that you can do instead of having, say, a pre-workout if it doesn't agree with you on that particular day. Mm. Yeah, no, good answer. I, I think, you know, when individuals come uh, and, and talk about supplements, it's really like the, how do you define supplements is the main crux of it, right? Mm. Where, of course, we work for a supplement company. We are a sports supplement company, right? Uh, but then, you know, from that, how do you define what is and what isn't a supplement? You know, mm. like you suggested, something like Gatorade, it has, um, you know, sports enhancing things inside the Gatorade, such as electrolytes, right? Um, and even Gatorade that has the sugar in it, like the sugar is probably the, the better component of it, because especially if you're doing having a Gatorade while you're training, you want that carbohydrate while you're training. So is that a supplement? Because you don't have to sit there and eat some fruit, you get to drink, um, you know, a broken down carbohydrate, which is easy to digest and consume and then use that for performance. So is Gatorade a supplement? If you took Gatorade and had like a powdered Gatorade that you mixed yourself, is that a supplement? Caffeine, you know, nature's nectar, like you said, is that a supplement? It's technically a drug, right? Because yeah. it affects our, our body. So if you had a coffee, is that a supplement? If you had a no-dose, is that a supplement? So the question is, of course, like, you know, when you say like, oh, I'm not going to take any supplements, I'm going to abstain from supplements, I'm going to reject supplements. It's like, well, where's the line for you? And that that, that is very different to different people. Like, yeah. let's say protein. Most people say, yeah, that's a supplement. But it's just dehydrated milk in there. That's right. Sense. So you go, well, is that a supplement? It's just a milk product, right? Um, versus like a pre-workout, okay, it has caffeine and other things like beta-alanine, citrulline, malate, all these things. A lot of those um, products are derivatives of amino acids and all these other stuff that come from it. Many of those things are, you know, created in a lab because they're hard to find out in, in nature and those types of things. Okay, maybe that is on the realm of supplements. So it's, it's tricky. It's very tricky, right? I think you, of course, can achieve some great results without any sort of quote supplement whatever de definition that means to you however what i have said in the past is a little analogy like you know let's say a house we're all in i'm in a house you're in a house nick if you wanted to build a house you could build a house right you could you could build a house with a hammer and a handsaw right mm -hmm. it's going to take a little bit of know-how a little bit of effort a little bit of work you need to have probably build a house before you probably need some experience and some information about how to do that and it's going to take a long time right Mm. Um, or you could use power tools, right? You could use, um, you know, a nail gun and electric saw, um, and a drill and use power tools to make it easier for you. And you may be able to build a house with limited, um, you know, information, knowledge, limited effort, because, you know, power tools can help you. Right. And it's a similar idea with supplements. You could get an amazing result without any help from supplements. That's like using a hammer and a saw or you can utilize supplements uh, using that as power tools, get some really great results with limited effort, limited uh, information, limited experience, um, and you know, just basically using it as help. Okay, so uh, supplements, hard to define, I would say, um, and you know, it's something that we can lean on to, to help us in a body transformation. Mm, definitely, good one. Nick, next question here comes from Jess, and Jess writes, uh, does it matter when you eat your calories? Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter when you eat calories or another way to say it, it doesn't matter when you eat your meals. Okay. Um, big question. Uh, so in the sense of 
body transformation, right? In the sense of transforming your body, losing weight, gaining muscle. Um, first thing is it doesn't matter too much. It's one of those variables that are much lower down the list um, because it, it's mainly looking at your net caloric intake over like a broad period, you know, over the, the day or the week or the month. Yeah. Um, because you can't uh, define like a day as being like from, you know, midnight to midnight, this is how many calories you consume because, you know, you could get a picture from another portion of the day, let's say from like midday to midday, how many calories did you consume there versus midnight to midnight, you know, it can be different numbers. So it doesn't necessarily matter about your caloric intake in terms of like hour by hour or, you know, um, you know, morning versus evening, that type of thing. We're looking at the net intake, not only on the day, but on the week on the, as a whole of our caloric intake. That's for body transformation. Now for performance, for health, it might be a different question um, because when we're looking at nutrition uh, provided to us, the delivery of nutrition to our body, if you concentrated all of your food intake to one portion of the day, like if you um, had like one meal a day, um, which is a one OMAD or something like that, one meal a day, um, if you have one meal a day, that is a lot of nutrition at one time. You might not be able to digest that all at once. So then on the other side of your day, you don't have any sort of delivery of nutrients and nutrition that could affect performance. That could affect, you know, muscle growth to an extent that can affect your health slightly because you may not be having those vitamins and minerals and nutrients delivered to you, right? If you had um, lots of small bouts of meals or calories prescribed throughout the whole day, like let's say you had 20 meals a day, you're eating every hour almost and you slept for four hours, I don't know who you are, um, you're having such small delivery of nutrients that it might not be enough to kind of reach a threshold for health or performance, right? Um, there is some inter interesting literature around using meals to um, reset circadian rhythms. So if you are like a shift worker um, or traveling, like, you know, you're experiencing jet lag and those types of things, you can uh, manipulate like fasting windows um, and use food to help to reset like an internal body clock. So that's one mechanism you could use to, to, to manipulate your meal distribution or your caloric distribution. And there is some other literature that suggests that um, biasing most of your calories or your meals at the start of the day um, can be beneficial for adherence to a meal plan and to manage hunger, okay? Which if you try to rationalize it, if you bias most of your meals in the morning, like let's say you had two meals in the morning, one meal in the evening, um, you know, you get most of your food at the start of the day and, you know, you get your tail end um, and then, you know, you, you have your meal at night and then you, you go to bed, right? Versus the other side, if you have like one meal in the morning, you're kind of like, you know, restricting yourself throughout the day. Once you get to the evening, you're having your two meals, right? The bulk of your nutrients, you know, you may have a tendency to overeat or overconsume because you've just been hungry all day. Right, so that could be one rational rationalism for that, but I would say that it is a case by case individual thing. Like you may benefit from biasing your meals in the morning or your evening, or just following a very basic and simple meal distribution of like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner with a snack or two in between those those meals. So the ultimate thing is that it doesn't matter too much for body composition changes. However, it is a little bit important when it comes to um, performance um, and for you know, overall health. And you probably benefit from spreading those meals out or spreading your calories out in a re reasonable sense. Um, anywhere between like, you know, four to seven meals a day would be appropriate. So, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, maybe a snack thrown in there, four meals, kind of how we designed the uh, challenge. 
and up to seven, I think more than seven meals a day, you would be finding um, adherence problems because you're just going to be eating all the time, right? Which is, yeah, yeah. You know, every hour or two, you'd be like having a meal. Ah, okay. You know, you're constantly eating. You can't, can't get things done. Mm. Yeah. Good question. Um, and you could uh, learn more about this in the understanding nutrition mini series, um, where we talk about nutrition timing or distribution of meals. I love that. The mini series. That's like, it could be on Netflix. <laughs> well, Netflix, you want to buy my mini series? Uh, we can chat. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That would be so good. (laughs) Next question here comes from Trisha. Trisha writes, has anyone had a series of challenges where you just didn't make any progress? I can't seem to find the right plan to make progress. Any advice is appreciated. Nick, what advice would you give Trisha who is struggling to see some progress? Hi, Trisha. So it's good that you reached out and um, it's good that you shared that just just to let you know um so we're just going to unpack it a little bit now um the definition of progress i actually know because i've spoken to trisha but is is weight loss in this um particular context but it could also apply to if you're trying to get stronger there are people that sometimes go to the gym and um can never get past a certain weight you know that they just can't seem to progress in that way so um progress is all sorts of things in the challenge it's not just about weight loss which is why it's so exciting to work in the challenge because weight loss is just it's a limited thing you know so anyway with trisha the fact is she's looking for the right plan and any plan can be the right plan if you have everything in place that is working for you so it's not really the plan it's more about how you execute the plan and that's um putting it back onto the person but it's really important to um look at a few factors so firstly you've got to make sure that you are adhering to the plan and when we say like if you say yes i follow it i do most things, but on weekends, I let myself go a bit crazy. So if you've ever seen a chart where you see a certain amount of calories per week, and then you see it spike up on the weekend that are consumed, and then it actually ends up being that you end up at maintenance, because your body's very, very um, crafty, it wants to keep you where you are. So you may do really well during the week and then you might go I'm having a few glasses of wine I'm going to you know my inhibitions have gone so I'm going to have another couple of snacks and things like that and suddenly with all your effort you've ended up back at maintenance so that could be something that I think could be happening um it's also to do with Trisha's got a bit of a stressful job as well so there's different factors that you need to have a look at at the very base level before you decide that the plan isn't right because the first thing that people tend to do is blame the plan and go from 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 plan to plan or coach to coach or you know that kind of thing and it's actually it comes back to you having a look at every single area So audit what is going on. Are you training hard enough? Most people would say no, because if you've ever had a go of training hard enough, you realize how much more there is in you. And that's another thing that you need to do to elicit change. We always rave on about nutrition and it's very, very important. But you and I both agree, Coach Steve, don't we, that training and progressing in training, it doesn't always have to be the heaviest weights. We've spoken about this before, but it has to has to be some form of progress. That is just, well, probably not just, but it's it's as important, 
really as nutrition, to be honest, like if you want to see those body composition changes. So there's a big audit to do before you swap plans. In fact, I would recommend stick with the plan and have a look at what's going on within that. Because if you change plans as well as everything else, then we don't even know what is what. So as a coach, it's very important for me to say to you, stay on that straight line keep doing that plan because that's one thing that we can go that is something that we can measure we can manage that um also with trisha i know that her steps are very she's very active at work so um we have spoken about this before but she might have to um do some more steps regarding you know if she wants to lose weight because her body's used to doing what it it does every single day the thing that i must say though is then after we, we workshopped it and then Trisha said, oh yeah, look, I, I will have a look at my calories and things. So there is always something that you can look at, always something that you can go and have a look at, examine it with a magnifying glass. And somebody else, I think it was Anita within the challenge said, she finally it tweaked to her that you can't out train a bad diet. So that's, that's the thing. So there are always things that you can look at and you can be doing so well in certain areas. And then you can go, hang on, that was the thing that was holding you back a little bit. Like for, for me, maybe, um, maybe eating, you know, 40 cookies a day wasn't so great for weight loss. So when I stopped doing that, it was like, oh, wait a minute, maybe not 40, but four, <laughs> Maybe they were the men's ones. I don't know. But, um, you know, things like that, you can always, always, always change and um, examine. So examine and change what you need to. Don't change everything at once. You know, it's a good good answer. Good answer, Nick. And I think you're right. It's all about auditing things one step at a time. Because if you change absolutely everything, you don't know what's 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 worked or didn't work. Uh, so it's about yeah. the small steps. And that's kind of like what the process is, you know, committing to a plan, making small tweaks to tailor it to you and your individual needs. Um, and audit yourself along the way, being honest to yourself. You know, you're not... Uh, if you're saying that your nutrition is 100%, uh, you're not fooling anyone. If you you saying that isn't going to improve your nutrition, if your nutrition is not uh, at an appropriate level. And same with training. You know, if you're saying, oh, yeah, I, I train really hard. Uh, okay. Um, you know, you, you might be saying that. Um, or if you be honest with yourself, you might be like, oh, I, I could train harder. Right. It's all about being honest with ourselves. Um, you know, not, uh, you know, beating ourselves up for finding out those weaknesses because we all have them, right? Where we all have those limitations. And, uh, you know, you're only really cheating yourself if you try to justify it that you are doing something where you're not, that type of thing. Mm, definitely. Nick, final question here comes from Lisa. And Lisa writes, is there a deload training program and nutrition program to slowly increase our daily intake of calories back up to maintenance calories um, on a weight loss program to avoid gaining fat post the challenge okay so lisa might be asking you know what do we do once the challenge is over she's probably heard a little bit about deloads and heard a little bit about um, maybe uh, reverse diets or diet um, uh, the, uh, strategies to bring yourself back to to maintenance calories okay so let's first about, talk about deload programs why would we do a deload well if you've been training really intensely really hard uh, you might be fatigued physically um, and also fatigued mentally from the hard training right so you might need to just follow a training program that is less intense okay um, so not less intense where you are you know training in a tent and you're coming out of the tent less intense huh? um, mm -hmm. but we want to be following a program 
for some individuals that is, yeah, just a little bit less training. So if you have been, you know, training really hard for a really long time, you're going in and, you know, you're giving it your 100%, um, you know, you may benefit from taking, you know, a week off from training where maybe a week off isn't fair to say, maybe you are reducing your training volume. And for this, this case, we're gonna say about 50%, maybe even down to a third. So a third to 50%, 30 to 50% of what you normally do to allow your body to recover. And what you may find is that by taking a little bit of time off, about you know, a week or so, uh, once you go back to training, you might find that your 100% now is much higher because you are rested, you're recovered, you've you know, repaired um, any sort of uh, small amounts of um, you know, buildup of, 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 I'm gonna use the word damage, it's not damage, but you know, like uh, any sort of um, changes in the body that needs a little bit of repair, a little bit of time to recover from, come back to training and we added a new 100%. So that's probably what a deload program is. Now, we don't have a formal deload program built into the M Challenge app yet. It's something that we would love to have in the M Challenge app. It's one of the uh, features coming soon in 2023. Um, but you know, our advice would be to follow the training program that you are following right now and reduce the volume. Volume meaning the total sets, the total uh, intensity, meaning how close you get to failure um, or the weight on the bar or the repetitions, right? These types of variables. So if you're normally doing 10 sets of squats for 10 reps at 100 kilos, you could do five sets of squats for 10 reps um, at 100 kilos. You could do um, five reps of 100 kilos for 10 sets, or you could do 50 kilos for 10 reps for 10 sets, right? So we're reducing the volume um, by 50%, um, allowing ourselves to, to recover from that. So that's the first thing. Um, the next one talking about, you know, like a reverse diet or some sort of, um, you know, recovery diet or something like that, where we're slowly bringing ourselves back up to maintenance calories. The idea is that we are in an energy deficit. Our maintenance for argument's sake is 2000 calories. We're currently having 1500 calories. Um, and we're unsure if the 2000 calories is our maintenance. So if we jump straight back to maintenance, we don't know if that's going to lead to uh, any weight gain or anything like that. Um, and an idea is if we physically increase our calories back to maintenance to try to reduce how much um, fat we would potentially gain. Now, um, there's really, really recent um, literature that, that is suggesting that we don't need to physically increase our um, calories back to maintenance to limit um, to limit fat gain, and we can just simply return to maintenance. So the easiest way to do something like this is once we've completed the challenge is to reset your nutrition. You can click that by the little gear button on the top right hand corner of your nutrition plan, input your current details um, and click maintain. And what it will do is it will give you your predicted maintenance calories. We can follow those maintenance calories and we can monitor the effects it has on our body weight. So what we want is our body weight to change no more than plus or minus 0.5% of our body weight per week. Okay. So if I'm about hundred kilos, I'm going to be cruising at hundred kilos. I might be, you know, a hundred 0.5 kilos or maybe 99.5 kilos on any given week, but that would be maintenance where I'm trying to maintain my body weight. Um, and what we will do is select the uh, maintenance calories and track our body weight changes. Um, our body weight might, uh, you know, increase very slightly because as we kind of increase um, our, our calories, we might see an increase in uh, glycogen stores or maybe fluid retention, okay? Um, that might be might be a very normal effect. Um, but what we want is our, main, our, our body weight not to fluctuate too much. You know, I'd say, you know, if it fluctuates one or 2%, that, that's okay. Um, but we want to keep it pretty maintenance. Now, um, what I'd recommend is to track your body weight chain, uh, body weight 
every day, measure the average body weight over the course of a week and track your weekly changes compared to the average. Okay, so your average body weight per week, tracking it week to week, and that's how we compare our maintenance calories. If you're losing weight too quickly or gaining weight too quickly, you might need to make some more small changes to your calories. Um, but the same idea about maintenance calories or reverse diets is that we are giving our body, mind, spirit, a bit of a break from dieting, a bit of a diet break, where if you've been dieting for a really long time, you might benefit from a week or two or three um, or a little bit more of uh, not focusing on on restricting your calories, you know, eating um, to maintain your body weight. Then when you go back into an energy deficit, you might find, you know, a new found burst of energy um, or adherence to a diet, which would kickstart your next weight loss phase. Mm, really good. Really good. Nick. Let's wrap it up there for the Challenge Weekly Show, episode number 84. 84, Nick, we are deep into retirement. We're on our way to the Centurion, the 100th episode. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to celebrate for 100. 100, 100. Woo! If you enjoyed this episode, let us know, um, and we'll catch you next week for episode number 85. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.